Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My favourite criticism of this ups and downs show is, is when you read the comments and you see somebody go, this show is too goofy, it's too silly. I'm trying to find a serious wrestling review. Well, you know what? Okay, I'll give something back to you. That's right. Now I am going to be the most serious person ever. My name is Simon Miller and welcome to Ups and Downs for AEW Dynamite. Watch this. <laughs> I got the precipice on my head. Let's up those doubts. John Moxley was out to start Dynamite. And much like that there, Pesipus. He wasn't happy. He talked about being the top of the AEW food chain and how there's only three constants in life. Death, taxes and him. I sat down and I thought about this and I was like, well, he can't have been around in 1412 unless he was a vampire. So now we have the biggest revelation of 2022. John Moxley is a member of the undead. I also think we did another nudge, nudge, wink, wink towards CM Punk. Because at this stage, Mox was all like, oh man, nobody in the back is brave enough to come confront me. When all of a sudden, Hangman Anna Page's music hit and he made his return to AEW. Don't forget, this is kind of what CM Punk said a few months ago. But of course, that wasn't part of the story. The cowboy wasn't ready. As this was meant to happen, though, he got right in Mox's face. Jonathan was like, you really want to do this, pal? Don't you remember what happened last time? So Hangman took his fist, he punched him in the face, and these two just brawled everywhere. Honestly, it got so crazy, I checked out my door just to see if they were going to come in here. They didn't. This then triggered a big old brawl as the commentators kept saying, we don't even know if Hangman Adam Page is cleared. What are you doing, Hangman? We hope you're okay. And this was really good television. I never saw it coming. I didn't think Adam was going to return. And now we're just heading off in a brand new direction. And who doesn't want to see John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page? I don't. Oh, you never do. You're that guy. I could get you on this show right now and give you the AW World title. And you still got I don't want to. Go away. There's nobody there. <laughs> Yelling at nothing for a bit. We kept this happiness going too. Because next was Brian Danielson taking on Dax Harwood. I didn't know I needed this in my life. 
I was very, very wrong. Harwood was able to reverse anything Danielson had in the early going before they were both going for the label lock and the sharpshooter respectively. But of course it was too early and their energy bars were still full. So this is when Brian just started smashing Dax Harwood right in the face. But then he hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, got a two, and then wham Brian with this crossbody. And I was like, damn. All right, that was really beautiful. He then ran at Danielson, who was able to dodge, meaning Harwood went over the top rope, and he hit the ring apron. And I do, but hang on. Yeah? Oh, hello there. I'm just in the area taking a quick poll of people's thoughts. So my first question is, what do you think the hardest part of a wrestling ring is? <laughs> well, everybody knows that. It's the ring apron. He's right. Brian then hit a dive because it is 2022 wrestling and he slammed Dax so hard he fell into the crowd. And then they were even doing moves out there. I did this. I put my hands on my hips. I stood up and I said, well, this is crazy. And my girlfriend told me to sit down. What a party pooper. Harwood then hit a bunch of German suplexes, dry nult, when he thought about going for the top rope, but he changed his mind and decided to go back to his ground game. Now, at first, I was like, good for you, Dex. You're learning from your mistakes. <laughs> Seconds later, he went to the top, he went for a headbutt, and he totally missed. And I was like, you absolute goober. Before that, though, he did ruin Brian Danielson with this pile driver, and I was like, oh my gosh, his brain. Would somebody please think about his brain? And then we had big knees, and we had a bunch of surprise roll-ups and this avalanche back superplex. I mean, that was absolutely ridiculous. They were just headbutting each other, which scared the shit out of me again. Although I love this spot because they did it so much. Eventually, they both collapsed, which is what would happen. And much like Blink-182 told us, it's all about the small things. That wasn't technically the name of the song, but you take my point. We need to add more realism into wrestling when it makes sense. Harwood then did more reversing as he turned the running knee into a slingshot bomb, which was more attractive than anybody I've ever dated. And then the amount of most devastating maneuvers after this. I mean, it was just one after the other after the other. It was like Christmas slash Hanukkah come early for me. It eventually ended with Dax falling into the label lock and he did have to tap, but nobody lost here because it was too damn good. It was too damn fun. It was too damn entertaining. And Dax Harwood clearly knew this too, because after the fact, he was all like, I don't like you, Brian Danielson, before he went, ha, 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 lol, and he shook Brian's hand. So this is why sometimes it's okay just to have a match for having the match for the sake of it, because I can say it was so damn enjoyable, it is getting it up. Even better than that, though, was a sign in the crowd that did indeed read, Simon, you should give Phil Chambers an up. You bet your ass. Of course, Phil is the man that makes all these videos look nice and spangly, as well as a bunch of other things. And honestly, the amount of nonsense I have sent him over the years that he has to handle, and he always does, he deserves a round of applause, and he absolutely deserves it up. Ricky Starks then decided he wanted it all. Good for him. Because we are getting our Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal next week, and Ricky was like, you know what? I'm going to enter that, and I'm going to win it. Because then, MGF, I'm going to take your title, I'm going to take your ring, I'm going to take your house, I'm going to take your car, I'm going to take your girl, I am going to take everything from you until you ain't just nine. But also mean he gets two championship shots if he does win, because that's what you do get if you get the piece of jewellery. But why the hell not? That's just doubling your bets. This is what we should be doing with Rick. Let's give him some momentum. It's basically exactly what I want from AEW. That's what's the continuing brawl between John Moxley and Hagman Adam Page. Because we just cut to the backstage and they will look at each other again. 
So they had a big fight. It was actually Mox jumping the cowboy, but it went so bad for Johnny Boy because Hangman grabbed him and threw him into a garage door. And I did some research. That's not what they're there for. We then cut to Renny Paquette, who was with some parts of the Jericho Appreciation Society and some parts of the BCC, when right away, Matt Menard just started going off. So Renny Paquette went, oh, would you shut up, you absolute moron? So this was brilliant instantly. Jake Hagar was also here, and he threw a purple hat to Claudio Castagnoli and said, oh, when you lose at final battle and you have to join the JAS, you can wear that. And honestly, I admire the dedication to the course when it comes to Jake and this hat. Just go and look at his social media. He was half naked in the airport wearing that damn thing. So he gets a round of applause too. Claudio then just left, which was kind of lame, although he did take the hat with him, so he knows it is a good purple hat, when Wheeler Uter and Daniel Garcia started to get into it too. And basically, this is what we established. We're going to do the tag team match next week, and then when we get to the pay-per-view, we've got Claudio versus Jericho, and we're going to have Wheeler Uter versus Daniel Garcia for the ROH Pure title. Now, I do admit... There is way too many belts on AWTV. Sometimes just like, ah, oh, I can't handle them all. But this was a good segment. It did what it had to do, and it set up a bunch of matches I do want to see. Giving it up. The craziness then continued too, especially talking about championships, because it was Samoa Joe versus AR Fox for the TNT title. This was good. Now it is warm and fuzzy in the tum-tum stuff as well because AR Fox has got a proper AAW deal and good for him. And also, it's Samoa Joe. I don't think I've ever seen Samoa Joe have a bad match, even after that time when he was kidnapped. AR used his agility early on to knock Joe out of the ring, but then he went 2022 wrestling and tried to hit a dive. But Samoa Joe did that wonderful thing he always does. He was like, nope. And he just walked off to the side. But the best part about this is Fox had watched old Joe matches and he was ready to smack him right in the head with a boot. And then got back in the ring and Samoa Joe just murked this man. <laughs> it was a proper murder until AR realized, well, if I don't do something, I'm probably going to lose. So he fought back with a Tornado DDT and he hit a 450. But he only get a two. He then went for more high risk when Samoa Joe walked out of the way again. Honestly, the nope spot is the best in all of professional wrestling. And then he crushed him, hit the muscle buster, one, two, three. So admittedly, this didn't prove much of anything. But once again, it was just such a fun match. I sat there and I felt happy. Deep down in here, that's all wrestling is meant to do. Samojo also declared himself the king of television after this, I think. So I was like, man, you're now the greatest person ever. When we cut to Wardlow on the big screen, and seriously, you've got, you've got to go look at Wardlow here. I think he must have been cast in one of those Hallmark Netflix Christmas movies. He looked like the comfiest man ever. He also promised Joe that he's coming for him, so I am absolutely pumped because I asked for this feud, and AEW said, oh, UK, here it is, wrapped up in a nice little package. Thank you. It was also very well timed because we then got another video for Powerhouse Will Hobbs. And this was as good as last week's one. And we've got to continue to build these because at the end of all of them, I'm like, oh man, I want to see Willie kick some ass. That sounded far worse than I meant it to. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You also had one of these segments where Taz broke down Hook's performance from Full Gear. And I don't think we've done that for a while. So hopefully this means that Hook is in line for a big push too. Because he's kind of fallen off the radar recently. Never forget he has wonderful, wonderful hair. Which is enough for me. Plus he's very good. And then Dynamite peaked. Not because the rest was bad. And in fact the main event probably challenged this. But William Regal and MJF were out to talk about their relationship. And the fact that Maxwell Jacob Freeman is now the world champion. And I thought this was absolutely fabulous. Not least because some idiots, like me, were like, Oh man, what if Maxwell gets cheered? such a good heel, he figured that out in around about two weeks. It started with Regal coming to the ring to introduce MGF, and once again, the commentary team was so on this, because Excalibur was like, man, what a snake. What an absolute piece of trash. He knows that John Moxley has been escorted from the building because he keeps fighting with Hangman Adam Page, and surprise, surprise, now he decides to come out. What a loser. Freeman then did walk out, and I'm pretty sure he threw his chewing gum at a little girl, so straight away I was like, okay, well... Here we go, we're right on this, as he began to tell the story about how these two got together. It did all start with an email from William to MJF, which basically read, Hey MJF, I think you're really weak. <laughs> so I was laughing straight away. I mean, what the hell was the subject line? Can you imagine? Holy crap, I got a, an email from Batman. After the fact, the firm had whooped his ass, though. So Regal told Maxwell, look, I can teach you how to be a real villain. You just need to follow me into the darkest areas of the world. It led on to this great line where he said, instead of grabbing the diamond ring, you should reach for the brass one, which, of course, is always a term in professional wrestling. And carried on to say that he wanted Maxwell Jacob Friedman to leave an emotional scar on John Moxley, not just a physical one. <laughs> Man, that's a great line. MGF even said he respected the firm because they did smell the weakness in him and he did attack and he would absolutely do the same thing and the only reason he's not going to go after them is because that requires too much effort and people who give effort are mid. MJF then kept going on saying that I'm the best nobody is on my level to the point this championship is a little bit tainted therefore I'm getting rid of it and I'm going to introduce you to the triple B or the big Burberry belt. That's right, MJF now has his own world title. He has gone full stone cold. He then went after everybody, including Brian Danielson. It certainly sounded like that could be our feud. And said that he's going to hold on to this championship until the great bidding war of 2024. But it's no longer just WWE and AEW because now Hollywood is interested. So who the hell knows where he's going to go? He also made jibes about Triple H, Tony Khan, Nick Khan. So all of this was inside a baseball. As he even addressed the fans who had supported him. He was like, I know what you're 
you're going to do. You're just going to be fickle because sooner or later you're going to be like MGF never wrestles. MGF talks too much. And he's totally right because he said he's going to come out. He is going to talk too much. He's never going to wrestle and everyone's going to be pissed off with him. And that's fine. He then got absolutely crazy because he promised us that his reign was going to be longer than Hulk Hogan's, longer than JBL's and longer than Jeff Jarrett's as well as Bruno Sammartino who is going to be rolling in his shibby little grave. And he did not say shibby. And this is why MJF is a great heel. Even I shouted out, you can't say that. He got me. They got even better. And the only way you saw this coming is if you worked for AEW and you're on the writing staff. Because just when it looked like we were over and William Regal and MJF were going to leave together, William turned his back. So MJF got the brass knucks and he smacked him in the back of the head. And I cannot tell a lie, this was my face. I couldn't believe it. This was to the back of the head too, as MJF told Regal that he should never have made a deal with the devil, when he also played back to that email that Regal had sent him years ago, when he said, you know, this is like big time players. You absolutely suck. Maybe I'll drop you a line when you know what you're doing. Holy crap, Regal. You shouldn't have done it. This was so well executed, it stunned the audience into silence. The commentators did a great job in getting this over as an emotional angle. And eventually, Brian Danielson ran out here, basically in one boot. Because as we were told, he'd been in the trainer's room. And then somebody had alerted him to this. So we had to come out to help his friend. It also leaves everything up in the air about where we are headed. And if you are a nerd like me, you also want to know what's going to happen with William Regal's future. Because there was a bunch of rumours this week that maybe he's leaving AEW, maybe he's going to WWE and this certainly felt like we wrote him off TV so why it doesn't tie into the story specifically I still want to know so this is absolutely enough I'm going to have to imagine that MJF and Tony Khan had this plan from the beginning even when he was being cheered and they have done an expert job in turning him into a main event level heel so once again I'm the moron I'm the idiot I was out here making videos going oh he's gonna get cheered so what do I know we give it another round of applause and even though I've already said up I'm going to say up again, it really, really was pretty damn fantastic. We then got Ricky Starks coming out for his match with Ari Davari. But before then, Stokely Hathaway, Ethan Page and Matt Hardy were here. <laughs> Matt Hardy must have hit his taunt button because he just ran between them and went, Rah! and did the Matt Hardy stuff. When these two say, look, we own you. You've got to get to the back. And actually, if you like this story, you should definitely check out AEW Dark. They're doing a lot with it down on there. Yeah, it's pretty good. Ethan Page also entered himself into the battle brawl and said that he was going to win the diamond ring. And you could probably do that too. I suppose we're going to find out. And the main reason we did this is because Davari then jumped Starks from behind. So Ricky turned around like, man, you shouldn't have done that. He hit the spear, he hit the Rochambeau, and he pinned him, honestly, in around about eight seconds. That's the way to do it, though, because he is the number one contender and he needs to get as many wins as possible, which is why he probably should win that battle royal. Why the hell not? Give him good enough. He was then backstage with Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel, and they were upset because they know that Soraya is going to have a sit-down interview. So why is nobody interviewing Jamie Hayter, the brand new women's champion? So we are going to do that next week instead. That's one way to get what you want. Find Tony Schiavone and bully him. And then Willow Nightingale reminded us that she needs a big old push. She should probably win the TNT title. That's right. Because she was taking on Anna Jay here, who of course was with Ty Mello. And as always, straight out of the gate, she just hit all these power moves. And she just looked so damn good doing it. I mean, there was tackles, there was lariats, there was this cool cross-body thing. And then she did make the cardinal sin of going for a charge in the corner 
Anna Jay got out of the way, so she missed. And we know who to blame for this. Batman Arkham Asylum's boss fights. Jay then hit a blockbuster to show her and beat her up for a while, but then from nowhere, Nightingale smashed her with a spine buster. And just go look at the fans during this, they all went wild. See, Jay then booted her right in the face and also gave her this horrible slam when poor Willow Nightingale went face first into the apron. But when she went for the Queen Slayer, do you know what Will did here? She basically just shook it off. She also whacked Ty Mello, who kept getting involved because she wasn't interested in any distractions, when she hit the Doctor Bomb and she got the one, two, three. And there is momentum here. We have stumbled onto something and I'm really hoping we'd make something of it. It got even better too because there was more surprises because as Anna Jay and Ty Mello got back together, Ruby Soho's music started to play. She teleported in from the Starship Enterprise and she just whooped everybody's ass including hitting Mello on the entranceway with Destination Nowhere. Taz also sung her theme song, which is always a joy, and the fans truly love this. And isn't it just nice that she is back, she's healthy, she's fixed her nose. Now we have another ready-made feud. So when you take all of this and put it in a pot, it has to get an up. That was a good 10 minutes of TV. But then a quick reminder that the House of Black are officially back in AEW when we cut to QT Martial and Orange Cassidy. The short version is on Rampage. They're going to have a Lumbermack match for the All-Atlantic Championship. That will probably be all right. And then, well, things got weird. Because it was time for Jade Cargill's TBS Championship celebration. And I just want to say this. Jade Cargill is great. I mean, she basically said that into the microphone, but she is accurate. She is a terrific professional wrestler, especially when you remember that she's only been doing it for a short period of time. She shouldn't be as good as she actually is. But the thing is, while she was here with the baddies and she threatened both of them by saying, if you get out of line, I will kick your ass. She then threatened Bow Wow when Bow Wow appeared on the screen and said, hey, I'm done touring soon, so maybe I'll come and see you. I was like, are we going to do Bow Wow versus Jade Cargill? What is going on? There's probably going to be some kind of tag match with Kira Hogan teaming with Bow Wow, hence why she got kicked out of the baddies. And I totally get why we're doing this. I bet it's getting a load of non-wrestling fan chatter, which is important. And if you're a fan of Bow Wow, you must be doing backflips. Sadly, I do not fall into this category, so all of it goes over my bald head. I mean, for example, I would personally dedicate this time to something like building up Willow Nightingale versus Jade Cargill, but look, that's just specific to me. Think how many hours of wrestling television we get every single week. Not every single thing they do can be aimed at Simon Miller. So I'm totally fine with this, but in my own world, it does have to get it down. Like I say, I just don't get it. So then had this segment with the acclaimed where Billy Gunn was basically a drill sergeant and he was yelling at Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, who basically replied to him every single time by going, Daddy ass! That was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. They were even a bit scared of Gunn, especially when they said that come Rampage, they're going to be taking on the best team in AEW. Because <laughs> Bill went, what do you mean the best team in AEW? That's you. And they were like, oh, we meant the second best team. They then scissored, and I don't even care. This was only 30 seconds of television, but they totally get it. Their catchphrase is completely true. Everybody does love the acclaimed, including me. So I'm just going to give them an up forward to seeing them every week. It also meant we were right into our main event after this round three of the best of seven series, the Elite versus the Death Triangle. I'm just going to tell you this. 
these six guys are absolutely incredible. I mean, they just knew they had to do something different, so they just had this big brawl to begin with where they fought all over the place, with poor Pac being thrown into the entranceway before Kenny Omega took his face and just smashed it into the entrance ramp. And I was like, look, that has got to hurt. The Bucks then held the bastard so Omega could try and do the biggest running V-trigger you've ever seen. But clearly Pac, during this time, went, no, I don't want to be hit in the face again. So from nowhere, he got free. He slammed him with a super kick when the Lucha Brothers on the Jacksons did what I can only describe as like flippy dippy doodah cutters. They too went into the entranceway. This is like the first eight seconds. So I'm still not over that because it made no sense. It was like two plus two equals potato. And this is when they were back to the top of the ramp and Pac was doing moonsaults off that thing to the floor. When the Young Bucks were killing people by powerbombing them into the ring apron. And you know, I know, we all know that's the hardest part of the ring. I've done one skit, I'm not doing two. It was only here when the match officially started, so that was hilarious. The bell went ding, ding. But then instantly, referee Rick Knox got knocked out. So I was like, oh man, this is great. When Phoenix decided he was just going to smash everybody with a die. And I know some people don't like this stuff. You're allowed to have your opinion. I think it's bloody brilliant. I mean, all I needed was some popcorn, especially because we have long-term storytelling with all of this. Mostly in the form of the hammer. We're going to have to give him a name because he is like the star of all of this. So, of course, we'll go with Harold because Harold the Hammer was back again. Because Alex Abraham is handed this to Penta and he was just walking around going, I'm going to knock somebody out with Harold. When Phoenix all of a sudden decided, no, we can't do this. I was like, wait a minute, Fee. A week or so ago, you were happy to smack Kenny Omega in the head and use the most devastating move in all of entertainment. Apparently now he's had a crisis of conscience. It was a huge error because the elite used his hesitation to get back in control. And then there was just so many moves. There were so many moves, I can't recount them all. But I do want to tell you about the one where Pat gave Kenny Omega an avalanche falcon arrow because I tell you this, that is going to haunt and delight my dreams for a long ass time. Omega then no sold a German hit a lariat before he collapsed because he was nuts when Phoenix and Nick Jackson got the hot tags and I crap you not, they must have been going at 100 miles an hour they were so damn fast. The Bucks then grabbed Phoenix in midair and they murdered his ass with a more bang for your buck but that only got two. So Phoenix hit a rolling cutter and the Lucha Brothers took out Kenny Omega and Matt Jackson on the outside. So back in the ring, Pack just slammed Nick Jackson with a brain buster. I mean, what are we meant to do? I just went, ha, 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 like I was M. Bison. It also pumped up Pack, which should be the name of his new children's book, because he decided to go to the rope and hit the Black Arrow. But when he came off, Matt Jackson got his knees up. He then surveyed the situation, remembered that he is a veteran, and he hit the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and he got the pin. And I tell you why this worked, because it came out of nowhere, obviously, but also Pack sold it like he was dead, so you totally bought I left loads out here because I just can't do it justice and also my brain is not fast enough. I think we may have had a few seconds left of Dynamite because Kenny Omega then just grabbed the mic and said, oh, sweet, I get to close the show. We were never going to be clean sweet by the triangle of death. Goodbye and good night. He is right too because it is now the Murder Squares 2 and the Nobles 1. And I'm actually upset this is a best of seven. You should make it a best of 422. And I'm going to be here for every single one. Why did anybody even doubt they wouldn't be able to come up with something different every single time? getting it up. And a quick side note as well, because I saw people going mad about it. Yes, the cameras did miss a lot of these spots. But imagine you turned up to work as a camera person. And they said, yeah, look, we're going to have six guys. They're going to be here, there and everywhere. And here's the plan. They're going to go move, 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 move. I mean, I know that's their job and it ain't great. But I got real problems to worry about 
I don't actually care. Which brought us to the end of another AEW Dynamite, and I thought this was flubbing fantastic. I had a great time, and it did not feel like two hours. It absolutely rocketed through, and there's so much I'm intrigued about now. Not least, what the hell is going to happen with William Regal? Giving it an up. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.